Whoa, did you hear that? Why have they done that? This meeting is being recorded. No, thank you. I know. I literally just pressed record. Tipping Liverpool to stay up this year. <laughs> Thanks for explaining how the Premier League works, then. Enjoy that now. No. Uh, <laughs> Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Football Times podcast with myself, RadioTimes.com, sport editor Michael Potts, and I'm joined in the virtual studio for one final, well it's not actually the final time, we've got some pretty exciting things coming up actually, but for the last week of the Premier League season, uh, it's Mr. Jake Wilson of BBC Match of the Day magazine. How are you doing, sir? I'm all good, mate. Nice to see you. I missed your little face. Yes, good, isn't it? Yeah, we, we, we took a, due to technicalities, we had to miss out on last week. Um, <laughs> it's all good, though. Uh, but yes, we are back to look at the last week of Premier League fixtures. Uh, we've got 10 games coming up on Sunday, all at the same time, all at four o'clock. Uh, and at the time of recording, we don't have the exact TV channels for all of them because the Premier League is holding on to that. Uh, but you can check out radiotimes.com slash TV slash sport. Uh, you can come there. We've got all the Premier League fixtures, all the details you're going to possibly need to know uh, ahead of the last weekend. But all you need to know is Sunday, four o'clock, ten back-to-back games, and they're all and they're oh, is that copyrighted? And they're live. <laughs> I'll not do it in the voice, you know, because because it's his voice, you know, it's Tyler, you know. Yeah. Um, we have a packed show ahead of us today. As we said as well, we have some exciting developments in the works. I believe, Mr. Wilson. Uh, next week, we have a very special Champions League preview podcast. Uh, it's obviously Manchester City versus Chelsea. And we have a very special guest for that one. Uh, I'm just going to leave it at that. Should we leave it at that? Yeah, let's keep yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Keep, keep, keep it under lock and key. Because if it, if it all goes wrong and we've got Stobsy on the podcast, then. Yeah, that's true. That's, that, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. In case our guest falls through, you know. Yeah, we're hyping up Stobsy here. That big, huge Chelsea and Man City favourite, former favourite. <laughs> uh, we'll say mo- no more than that. Um, moving on to this week, though, um, we have plenty of games, and we're going to go through three of the three of the big games to watch this weekend, uh, or three of the big games that you should be watching um, out of the sea of options that you have uh, for you. Uh, we're going to start with Leicester v Tottenham, um, and it feels like there's only one place to start, really, with this. Uh, and it's with Mr. Harry Kane. Um, Harry Kane, obviously, in the news this week, reportedly has told Spurs he wants to leave, um, believes he has some form of gentleman's agreement to to leave the club this summer. Um, not quite sure how how legally airtight that one is. Um, I mean, what do, you, what do you make of this all? What, what do you think should happen next? What do you think will happen next? What was your, your thoughts on all this news, Brooke? Harry Kane is one of the three, maybe, elite, elite, elite uh, finishers in the world. He's a a club in Spurs that have have done right by him and and played him every week, but he has carried them um, quite a lot in in games across seasons. um, And especially this one, it feels like a lot has been on his shoulders. If it is his decision at almost 28 that he would like a big move, and finally win a trophy. I think that's his prerogative. Um, he chooses where he works. He's not done anything wrong by Spurs. He stayed when maybe he could have left in the past. Now, if he can leave at this point, after the year that we've just had and the financial ruin of some of the big clubs, um, that's that's a different, different story. Uh, he, it sounds like he wants to stay in 
uh, England. I don't think that would mean he would be able to stay in London. I can't see him going to Chelsea. That would be that would be mad. So it seems Manchester would be the move, um, either either one. But it would be a massive fee in the climate. I'm not sure how he would necessarily fit into to either side. I think he'd fit more seamlessly into the United side, but with with Cavani um, signing a new deal and, and Greenwood, whose path he would um, would alter, um, and then you've got you've got City on the other side who would have to change basically the whole way they play if if Kane comes in. He would be that focal point that they haven't really played with this season, but he would also drop deep. So he could definitely fit in. But are they willing to drop that big cash on him? And then you look at the clubs around the world, Barca and Real in financial ruin, essentially. Um, Real haven't signed a player this season uh, properly. Um, and PSG, who who could, could make things interesting. Um, mm. So it's exciting. It is nice to have a big transfer story that will probably rumble on all through the summer if Mr. Daniel Levy's got anything to do with it, but it's going to be a massive feat. And in the current climate, can't bank on him leaving. I think the thing with Kane, what, what he's done here, he's almost dug himself into a hole because he signed that really long contract. Was it, it was six years, I think he signed. And that was only about three years ago. So he's halfway through this really long contract. Um, Obviously, when you're signing that, you're thinking Pochettino, you're thinking long-term with him. I, I mean, the, the fact that Pochettino, that that unraveled so quickly was such a big blow for Kane, I imagine, um, because you really thought that Poch was building something there. They really haven't recovered from that Champions League final. <laughs> I know we yeah. give it, like, it, it's it's easy to, to look at that as a, as a turning point, but it really is. <laughs> um, I mean, they haven't had... They just haven't looked the same since then, really. Or, they, or they've, they've, that you felt like that was the peak of their powers almost. And uh, you know, in that team, you could look and say, "Well, they're going to bounce back. They're going to add a couple of good names to it. Pochettino's going to stay around." And their mentality, their heads just completely went. Um, obviously, the Mourinho experiment didn't didn't pan out. Well, maybe it did pan out how everybody expected. Um, but yeah, you feel like his long term. It wasn't a mistake signing that long-term deal, but I feel like that could be what does him in a little bit here. You think if that was a four-year deal and Kane's out of contract next year, Levy is absolutely the type of guy who would sell. He would not wait and just let him walk out on a free. He would sell him for 100 plus. No bother. Um, I, ju- I just think that they're in a Spurs are in a very strong position here. And like you say, the market's not fantastic. Um well, especially the European market's not fantastic. I still think there are a lot of teams in the Premier League who would pay for Kane. Um, because the thing you are getting with Kane is reliability. And I feel like there is so little reliability. I feel like the leagues, going between leagues, even even sometimes in the same league, but but going between leagues, there is such a um, an unknown factor where I don't think teams will want to drop 100 million. Do another Philip Coutinho. I feel like Barcelona are like the model for this is what not to do. And bringing Coutinho over there, bringing Dembele over there, both hundred million plus players, and neither have done anything. Um, or Eden Hazard to to Real Madrid. I think the thing you are getting with Kane with the Premier League team is guaranteed five more seasons. Injury, you know, you can't legislate for injury, um, but but you are getting five more seasons of twenty plus goals, almost certainly. I, I would all I would say almost certainly. I think he would want to stay in the Premier League because obviously he's he's bearing down on Shearer's record, obviously still a way off it. Um, but if he keeps playing, I did some rough maths yesterday. If he plays another five or six years, 
that would probably put him just shy of 300 goals in just shy of 500 games, which is that's some going. I don't think you want to throw that away. Um, very interesting. I, I agree as well. I think Chelsea seems, I think they would actually have the money for him. I think they would spend the money on him. Would he go there? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, 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 I don't think he would. Um, Man United always suited suit Kane. Um, but yeah, I think I think City City look like the boys who who have the money, who have the the need, um, who have Guardiola. Who I mean, Kane Kane under Guardiola's stewardship, he would do something incredible to him. His his passing is unbelievable. I think City out of the teams linked are the ones. Um, I want to throw Liverpool in there again. After just after I was chatting about this, probably the last pod, it's chatting all about Liverpool. And I, I I know they haven't really been mentioned. I don't know what the money's like, but. Um, I still, th- I still think there's there's a case to be made there for Liverpool to to, to come in from, um, but whatever happens, big, very very big. Um, this weekend though, I mean he's he's up against his old team Leicester, um, who probably could do with replacing Jamie Vardy. Just saying, just saying, get off a of Champions League football. Just saying, just saying. Uh, Leicester obviously coming off the back uh, of a defeat to Chelsea, a very good game. We'll we'll come on to Chelsea in a moment. Um, but Leicester obviously need to win this. Uh, Tottenham need to win this to to stay in that Europa League hunt. Um, what do you think is going to go down in this one, Mister Wilson? I think it's going to be a, a tough one this for for Spurs. Um, Leicester need those three points. They're on the back foot now um, after that Chelsea defeat, um, but they're not at their, their their peak. Some of their players in the highest of form. Spoke about Kelechi and Nacho and how unbelievable he's been. Luke Thomas has really stepped up. But then you've got a few other players, you know, Madison, maybe, Ayosi Perez, not quite at the peak of their powers. So there's an opportunity for Spurs there. But, um, yeah, I'm thinking Leicester, put the pressure on Liverpool, get those three points and make Liverpool um, if results um, have dictated this way, seeing as we're recording this before the Burnley game. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Leicester are going to win. Interesting. I, 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 so I watched um, Kane against Wolves the other day, and uh, yeah, Kane, Kane looked like he was on it a little bit. Um, and I thought, I think he's going to have a little bit of a point to prove. Maybe he's going to know the cameras are on him, fans in the stadium as well. Who knows how that's going to affect things? I think I'm going to go with a one-one draw here. I can, I can see Spurs getting something. I can see them just sort of opening the taps a little bit and uh, and just going for it. Hopefully, we, we hope. Um, and let's say, what what a final day. Because I feel like the other thing we've missed, maybe missed this season, are games happening at the same time? Because all the games have been different to, to make for, for TV. Um, so I'm really excited to see that whole, you know, when it pops up with a live table, or oh, there's been a goal at Stamford Bridge, whatever it is. Um, and obviously, we'll be having our eyes on the King Power, uh, and we'll also be having our eyes on Villa Park, um, as Aston Villa take on Chelsea. Um, obviously, Chelsea very much in that hunt for the Champions League. A massive, massive win against Leicester, as we mentioned. Um, they looked. Ab- Did you watch the game last night? No, I couldn't. I was I was playing, but um, I heard I heard the end <laughs> on the way back. It's... You were playing in the game. <laughs> I was. Uh, yeah, Dean Smith brought me on in the seventy fifth. Now uh, I was playing five, but um, yeah, um, Chelsea again sounded quite dominant in that one. And I know Ian Atro got one back. But um, didn't sound like they had loads of chances, Leicester. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, Chelsea could have. Uh, Chelsea should and could have killed the game off three 0 dead in the first half an hour. It was they absolutely blew them away in that first half. Um, once again, Timo Werner uh, just just doing everything he can to win that Guinness World Record of most disallowed goals in a season. I, I don't know what the figure is because it's one of those weird. It's one of those stats where is it quite a stat because the player is technically goal dead at that point, so it can't really be a stat. But I want to know how many goals he has scored disallowed this season because every time I watch Chelsea. It's the same pattern where he'll score one or two disallowed goals, and then he'll get an assist. So he, so he ends up always getting an assist, but he never—he's always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Always the assist provider, never the goal scorer. And um, he's just lovably flawed. <laughs> Absolutely love Timo because he runs around so much. Um, I saw a couple of a couple of journalists in that they actually thought. Um, He's one of those players who you've got to see in the flesh to appreciate him fully. Because if you're watching him on TV, you just you see him obviously making that final run, and it's always offside. And so you're not actually getting the full picture of Timo. Whereas in, it, when in the flesh, you see how much work he gets through. Um, and I, I think that was kind of testament, you know, to the fact that all the Chelsea fans were were singing his name all game. Uh, they were singing his name during the interviews at the end. They were, you know, he, he loved going over to them and celebrating with them. Um, prematurely and uh, I, I still think there's a player in there and I think I think we might see a very good version of Timo Werner next season I, I don't always say that about about strikers I think it's too easy to just say oh he'll come good next season or he needs time but I actually do think Timo he is he is half a yard off being a 20 goal striker in the Premier League and it's just up to Tuchel to sort of sit down this summer and crack that code. How do you how do you rein him in just that tiny little bit more? How do you make him bend those runs, be a little bit smarter? Um, Definitely, I think I think he's going to be backed big by Tuchel and that and that Chelsea locker room and and uh, hires up. And I think um, as we've seen this season, will lead to a certain Tammy Abraham leaving. And just to link it back to the last game, just just before we do. What a perfect successor to Harry Kane's uh, central birth than Tammy Abraham. I just um, I've been reading some stuff and having to think about successors for um, for Kane and Abraham. Just look ready made. Ooh. Just want to throw that one out there because um, yeah, Timo's going to get backed. He's going to be running. He's going to score more next season than he has this season. Tammy needs games. Spurs are going to need a striker. It all it all works out, mate. It all links together. It's like a jigsaw, perfect. But this is we're going to dip back into the Kane chart, aren't we? But I think the thing with that is, are they just going to do what they did with the bail money, where they brought in like three or four players for thirty million, and none of them really work? Like you're getting four good players as opposed to filling one position with an absolute world class player. I just wonder, is Tammy is Tammy Abraham really the guy, the guy to take you into the top four? But who can who can Spurs go and spend hundred million pounds on? If you look at the elite yeah. strikers, the ones that have kind of been linked, Haaland is the one that's being linked everywhere, being at Dortmund. But why would Haaland go to Spurs? They're going to be in the UEFA Conference League. I think that if they're going to have to do this, maybe spending one or two here, one or two next season, and and, and growing again and building. They're obviously a side in transition. They don't quite know, you know, the 11 and the style of play they're going to want to play. They're going to have a new manager next season as well who might want to, you know, rip up the Spurs rule book essentially. Mm. Um, I think Abraham is versatile. He's got goals in him. He's proved it when he's been on the pitch. Every every time 
he's had a run of games he's done well for for Chelsea or for Villa or Bristol City who was amazing for a few years ago he's got it in him Tammy and I'd, I'd back him at Spurs um, and I know we've completely gone off the Villa Chelsea <laughs> preview there but um, I'm going I'm to I'm segue I'm going to segue it back around because I was actually thinking, could Villa stump up the cash for Tammy Abraham, bring him back to Villa Park? Obviously a big favourite there for a while. Um, got them, got them promoted, didn't he? That was the season he, he, he played for them. Um, I do wonder whether Villa could use that sort of player. Uh, I don't know. I mean, they've got they've got Watkins. Do they, could they could they use could they use two strikers up front? They're not going to just want to bench one of those two guys. But could, could you play Watkins and, and Abraham together? Could Greenish still fit in that system? Watkins has played out wide um, for a long time, um, uh, uh, like teams like Exeter and Brentford, and he did very well there. And then he got shifted into the middle, um, and he was he was a shining light at Brentford doing that. And he obviously has carried on at that Aston Villa. Um, but yeah, him and him and Abraham would be lovely. But I think Abraham's got slightly bigger bigger things. Uh, I think he's got his sights slightly higher, and um, you know, essentially Spurs. Are, you know, not qualifying for Europe, maybe not the Europa League, would just be a top 10 side. And I think Tammy Abraham deserves a top 10 side. Interesting. Interesting. But I'm sure we will come back to discussing that in the future. Um, obviously, Aston Villa v Chelsea. Uh, what do you think is going to go down in this one? A, a, a Tammy Abrahamless Aston Villa v Chelsea, we might add. Uh, what, what do you think this one's going to be? Yeah, great season for Villa, really. 11th, and they're going to be 11th, I think, whatever the um, results are, maybe. Um, I think that's good for them. They had a very, very hot start to the season, slightly colder end. Chelsea, like I said, not going to bet against Chelsea this season. Not going to hear. Won't probably next week. Um, It's Chelsea's. They'll win with, with some comfort, I think. Yeah, I think um, there's there's something definitely to be said, isn't there, for a side chasing needing points and a side who, not that they're on, on the beach, but they just don't have maybe that same intensity. Um, let's say they're probably going to be rooted in 11th, which is a fantastic finish for Villa, uh, bearing in mind last season, this time last season, they were going into the final day, potentially going down. Um, yeah, I think, I think they will be very happy with an 11th place finish, especially without Grealish for so long. Um, and but yeah, I think Chelsea can can take this one maybe two 0 um, And also the final final game we're going to pick out. Obviously there are ten full games again. Once again, going to plug you can come to RadioTimes.com for the Premier League fixtures. We'll bring you the uh, all the, the the times and TV details um, as soon as we know them. Uh, we're all in the dark right now. Um, but yeah, the final game we're going to look at is at Anfield, and it's Liverpool versus Crystal Palace. Um, and again, Liverpool storming, storming along through the league uh, with a goal, a headed goalkeeper, last minute winner. Blah, blah, blah. What a what a header! What a finish that was to that game. I loved the celebrations. That showed that was a that was a proper good celebration. That that was a meaty celebration. Um, just I love that. And, and if that had been in a full house, or if that had been even if it wasn't the Hawthorns, that would have been class. That would have been so good to just watch. Um, I'm sure there have been a few West Brom fans who would have kind of, you know, might have had to applaud that had uh, had it gone in with a full full house. Um, but yes, that goal is not just a novelty item for DVDs that will sell in the future. Uh, that was very, very much a huge goal in terms of the, the league tables, Champions League qualification. Um, do you think Liverpool are going to do it? 
I do. I do. I think they've got it all in their favour. It is in their hands once again. Um, I mean, we've said this. We've, we've chopped and changed and our, our brains have flipped on who's going to get these Champions League places so many times at the end of the run-in. As soon as you think someone's got some form, someone throws a wrench into the works. Um, so you can't, can't bank against it. But Liverpool, if they get fourth, that is a good season. They've survived this awful, awful season of Premier League football with the injuries they've had. Like they've been playing last couple of weeks, last couple of games, they've played uh, Nat Phillips and Reese Williams at centre back. Um, and to get Champions League football with that centre back pairing, if you look at Man United and you took Lindelof and Maguire out of there and you asked them to play, um, with the, the centre backs, Bailly and um, whoever else they'd, they'd make players centre back, they might, you know, make Matic do it. Um, it isn't the same. Liverpool have, have survived very well with that and they haven't looked great. And I know a lot of their fans have been really, really frustrated with how they've played, especially going forwards with the amount of chances they've still created and not mm. put away. But I think, I think surviving this, getting Champions League football, keeping all your players has just shown how elite their mentality is and how elite Jurgen Klopp in is, is a manager and as a man motivator. Um, I'm very, I'd be very impressed and happy with Liverpool. If they get fourth, if they get fifth, there is reasons why, um, but they've thrown away loads of results, Michael, but Alisson grabbed that one back and, we, you know, we haven't seen the Burnley game yet. We don't know if it is still in their hands. Um, but you oh, wouldn't bank true. against them now. Mm. Yeah, the thing with Liverpool, I, I was wondering whether... I don't want to sound knee-jerkish here or putting too much, you know, to um, being too positive a spin on, on all of this, but I, I actually think Liverpool getting top four this season would be as impressive as them winning the league last year. I think like good teams win titles, right? Like a, a good team, fit and ready. You have got good players throughout the park. They win. They win titles every season. Every t- every team to win a title is a, is a good team worthy of winning the league. Somebody has to win it. Liverpool won it this year. For Liverpool to play again, we don't need to. I'm gonna I'm gonna go through the injury list or some of them. We don't need to go through it all again. But actually, to lose Van Dijk, to lose Gomez and Matip. Then to sign Kabak and Davies, and then for both of them to get injured as well. That's five centre backs out. They they're using their essentially their sixth and seventh choice centre backs potentially here. I know Nat Phillips is maybe in doing so he's climbed up the rankings, um, but but they're effectively using yeah their reserves at, at the back um, to have Henderson out, who I think might even be the biggest miss of them all individually. I think having that him in the middle. Uh, especially with Fabinho being shifted around centre-back, midfield, wherever he is. I think Henderson losing him is enormous. And they've lost all their balance. They've lost all their shape. That sort of... I guess people always knew Liverpool were... It seems weird to say, but almost greater than the sum of their parts sort of thing. Like I think they had a lot of good players in there. Maybe not quite technically on the same level as the City. But the way they played, the balance, the style they played is what got them there. And I think that is all being just thrown completely out of whack this season. So I, I actually think for, for them to finish in the top four, to get Champions League football, the literally the only thing they'll have missed out on is, I mean, albeit it is the Premier League trophy, but it's the Premier League trophy and you don't win that every year. They, there's no difference between finishing second and fourth, really. It, in, in the grand scheme of things, yeah, you get through an extra round of Champions League. Um, 
but I think to to basically finish the season with just we haven't won the league, but we've got everything else, it would be a stunning, stunning achievement for me. I, I think that would be incredible. Um, and it's definitely the sort of summer where you get all those boys back fit. Um, I think Van Dyke's not going to the Euros, is he? So he can focus on preseason, which is a that's a big call from from him. Uh, I don't I don't actually like that. I think you should go to the Euros. But anyway, uh, he will be fit and rested. A lot of them will be fit and rested. Sadio, uh, Sadio Mane, Mo Salah, Roberto Firmino, not involved in, in the Euros. Um, I know Firmino is probably going to be a Copper America. Um, but still, Mane and, and Salah, um, they will be rested. And, and that, for me, is big. I think Mane needs that little bit of time just to regather, regroup, refocus. Uh, and go again next season. I, I think to get top four ahead of Leicester or Chelsea would be would be incredible. Um, and we see, we wait eagerly to see whether they can do it. Um, I was going to try, you know, in my head there, I was going to segue from eagerly to the Eagles, but I just, I'm not going to, I'm not going to try and pull that one off. Uh, also, a shout out to Roy Hodgson uh, returning to Anfield for his final game. Uh, as Crystal Palace manager, as as the you know the boyhood fan, returned to his former team for his final game, possibly possibly in the Premier League. He hasn't seen that statement. Seemed to suggest he was going to take some time away from the Premier League. Um, I think he would still get a job, but this could be the last time we see Roy Hodgson in the Premier League. Uh, what a career! What a man! What a gentleman! Um, and I think I've said this before, but he is he was hired for a job. He's, he's succeeded. He's, he's simply succeeded in his task. Uh, and now it's the amicable perfect time for him to leave, I think. Uh, head held high. What, what a career. Yeah, full credit. Well done, Mr. Hodgson. Uh, he's been wonderful um, at Palace. And I think I think his, his, his later career, maybe at Palace, has kind of uh, taken a bit of the shine um, away wrongly from what a wonderful career he has had international clubs around the world uh, and uh, into Milan you know there's a great picture of him and Paul Ince that's gone around recently at Inter looking all suited and booted very great to see Roy uh, uh, like in that mode and then for international uh, sides themselves obviously England but plenty others he's had a great career um, and held himself in the highest regard and, and dignity um, and, and full respect, he's, he's done good, he's not really moaned, you haven't seen him throw his toys out of the pram when it probably would have been easy to at Crystal Palace especially, but um, brilliant anyway, we love Roy, um, well done Roy, goodbye Roy, um, be lovely to see you again Roy. Well that was very formal, it does feel like we're talking about our granddads here doesn't it, like really, <laughs> like <laughs> lovely to see you Roy, um, yeah what a guy, what a guy and uh, it's actually a little bit of a shame you know, the only the only slight thing that's a little bit of a shame is that I feel like they've actually played a little bit more expansive football recently and actually it's done alright, they've, they've scored a few goals, they've unleashed Zaha Eze, Benteke a little bit more, um, yeah, I don't know. I actually wonder, like, what what would have happened? What if he'd been a little bit not braver, but more adventurous during his tenure? Um, but again, that's very much a what if. And he's done a fantastic job. He's done what he was meant to do. Uh, how do you see his final game going? Liverpool v Crystal Palace at Anfield. What's going to happen in this one? Obviously, Liverpool as well may need goal difference or goal scored to swing in their favour. Not that I want to influence your prediction here. <laughs> really, I really want. The dream ending for Roy, but with the news that uh, Ebrechi Eze is going to be out for potentially the rest of 2021, 
Um, that is such a blow for this game and then for any manager coming in. You know, that's the sort of thing that may make Frank Lampard think uh, thrice about about taking the job over maybe an under-21 role. Um, I'm going to go a draw, though. I think someone's going to pull it out the bag for Roy. Maybe one of his Liverpool uh, ex-players ex as well on his books. Mavadi Sacco, maybe with Hedo, or I'm, I'm thinking Benteke. I want Benteke to score. I want Benteke to score 1-1. That would be big, wouldn't it? That would be big. Yeah, I could see. I, I actually, I've, I've bigged up Liverpool a lot here. I could actually see Crystal Palace doing something. I could actually see Benteke popping up at the last minute, decisive goal, just to sort of you know spoil the party, spoil the parade. We'll see. We'll see. I, I, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Liverpool. I'm going to go with Liverpool two one or one nil. But yeah, this I actually did think this. I think it's got a little bit of a shock written on it potentially. Um, we'll see. We'll see how that goes down. I've definitely covered covered all my bases there. Um, yes. Also, another shout out when you talk about Tammy Abraham. Can you have you ever seen anything more obvious than Frank Lampard taking Tammy to Selhurst Park? Can have you have you ever like that's just so obvious, isn't it? Is that is that is that not obvious? I don't know. Who knows? It is. It is. But I think I think Tammy Tammy can do more. He can do more. He doesn't yeah. need to lift someone else up. I think he can, like, you know, Sonny. be in that wavelength with those Spurs players. I just imagine Sonny and Lucas Moore running in, Abraham getting 25 goals, rubbing it in everyone's faces, you know, plays up front for England. I don't yeah. know. We're, back to, we're back to Kane again. And I, and I have just, you've made me just realise now who's going to look after Son. And that's just made me really, really upset. <sighs> Our thoughts are with you, son. Our thoughts are with you. Uh, moving on to our final uh, final fantasy Premier League week of the season. Um, we're going to have a little bit of a look at how we're doing. I haven't checked on how many points you've got. We're not, we don't actually share any leagues, I don't think, unless you're in the RadioTimes.com Cup, which is coming rapidly to an end. Um, some guys like absolutely storming ahead with 2,325 points. Uh, fair play, KFC. Um, yeah, how, how are you doing all of this? What, how many points you got on the board? I'm, I'm doing okay. There's, um, there's some single digit numbers in my leagues, which I like. I think overall points, Michael, two, two, five, six. Um, so I'd be doing all right in the Radio Times Cup, but I'm not in it, Michael. I'm not in it. The in the uh, the the expanded universe of the Match of the Day League, I am second to um, one of our former uh, Match of the Day Mag members. Um, yeah, there's 17 in there, second, and I'm not going to catch him. He's on almost 2,400 points. So I'm, unless uh, he gets zero points and I get 160. I, don't think I'm going to win the league this year. But like Man United, I will take it and I will regroup and go next time. Go again. Go again. I have uh, 2,178. So I'm a little bit short. But I reckon by the end of tonight, being Wednesday, by the end of tonight, I'll have tipped over the 2,200. Um, I'm about half a millionth overall, about 8 million. I think it's been respectable. It's all right. Um, I'm in a little group of six with my mates on top of that one. Uh, and then there's two other groups. I mean, I'm second and third. So obviously my mates aren't very good at this uh, <laughs> compared, to, compared to some of yours. Um, yeah, I am currently halfway through the game week. I'm currently 32 points short of second in the main league that I'm focusing on mm. uh, with a game with a game week and a half to go. 
So who knows? I got 134 points the other week, or 140 wow. points in a game week. It was like 60, it was about 10,000th in the world, I think, for that game week. It was an absolute madness one, uh-huh. um, which did, did a lot of good, did a lot of good for me. But yeah, barreling towards a close. Any, any standout players you want to pick? Shout out for this, this coming, this coming weekend. Um, yes, Michael. Um, Edison Cavani is doing an FPL hokey-cokey in my team. He's in one week, he's out the next, and he's back again, Michael. Uh, I've done the old transfer, Calvert-Lewin out, Edison Cavani in, and I hate doing it because it's Cavani against my boys, uh, the Wolverhampton Wanderers, but um, we could not be more on the beach, Michael. It is (laughs) awful. Uh, (laughs) And Man United, uh, United, it can be brutal, and uh, he only needs a sniff, as he showed against Fulham. What a goal, Edison. So, um, yeah, eyes on him. I hope he doesn't score. But just in case he does, you know, I'm just uh, just a little little uh, safety barrier of FBL. Not that um, not that it's going to change my leagues too much. Interesting, interesting. I um, I've I'm so I'm backing Salah. I'm backing Liverpool basically here. I'm captaining. I'm going to captain Salah just purely because you know it's Salah, and he's he's probably going to have something to do on the last weekend. Uh, I feel like he's he's the guy to go to for me. Um, who else have we got in here? Yeah, Fernandez against Wolves, an interesting shout. Um, I, I, I mean, Leeds. Leeds are in stunning form. We haven't chatted about Leeds today. Leeds are in incredible form. They are just picking up clean sheets. They're scoring goals. Uh, Patrick Bamford has been my love-hate. I've had a love-hate thing with Patrick Bamford all year. Probably put him in about five times and never got anything from him. So I've taken him out, then he scored a couple the next week. Um had him in this week, so we've got a few points there. Uh, Stuart Dallas, obviously, as well, huge. Uh, Melier got dropped during midweek, which is like really frustrating. Um, but I think Leeds going into that game at home to West Brom, all the Leeds fans there pumped up. I can see a few goals going in there. I can see a bit of a heavy win for Leeds coming up. Um, so that'll be interesting to watch. Um, yeah. Lingard's gone off, off the boil. I don't, you, you didn't actually go for Lingard in the end for a while, did you? No. I'm, I'm I'm debating whether whether to sack off Lingard for somebody else, but we'll we'll wait and see. I've got I've got about a million left in the bank, so we'll wait and see for that one. Um, yeah, a lot of options, a lot of options. Uh, thank you very much for all of your efforts today and across the season, Mr. Wilson. Like I say, we have we have a couple more podcasts coming up, a special Champions League preview, uh, and then we'll be ranking all of the Premier League teams and rating them and giving them awards and all that jazz uh, in a couple of weeks' time to wrap up the season. Uh, but for now, what is coming up in Match of the Day magazine? Yes, Michael, on the pods, we're still looking at club football, aren't we? We've got the Champions League, we're getting a rounder. But in Match of the Day magazine, eyes are shifting to a certain big international tournament happening on the continent. Yes, it is at 50 reasons to be buzzing for the Euros issue. And if it doesn't get you excited, nothing's going to, my friends. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we've got an ultimate guide to the UCL final as well for uh, for young readers in there as well, so they can get excited for that next weekend. And some Ledge Wonder Kid posters and a heap of epic match attacks. So a full, jam-packed, brilliant issue. <sighs> and it's coming home. Exciting. Exciting time. I'm so up for the Euros, by the way. I'm, I'm absolutely so up for them. Arr! Anyway, uh, also working from home, all the games are either 2 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 
and 8 o'clock in UK time, just so you know. So you finish at 5 o'clock, you're straight into the games. Good, good times. And none of the England games, none of the England games will be the 2 o'clock games, which is good. That's important. When did that little bit of research. Um, and I'm still waiting to find out whether I've got in the ballot for the Czech Republic game. I've got tickets. We've had three tickets for the Czech Republic group game uh, for a long time now, but we still haven't found out from UEFA whether we have won our one in four chance of getting tickets. Uh, I suspect not, but we we, we live in hope. Uh, and yes, it truly is coming home if we start Phil Ford and then Mason Mount, but that's a chat for another day. Um, thank you very much, Jake. And uh, of course, you can come to radiotimes.com slash radiotimes.com slash TV slash sport uh, for all of the sporting previews. Uh, Premier League coming up, you can read every every one of our predictions for for this upcoming final weekend of games, along with all the TV information you're going to need to know across Sky Sports and BT. Uh, and yeah, like I say, as we come up the Euros, we're going to have you all covered on that front too. We are starting our preparations and getting all excited about that. Uh, so keep an eye out, watch this space, and we'll be bringing you all the Euro information you need to know ahead of a big big summer of football thank you very much for listening enjoy the last weekend of the season hope it all goes well for your team unless your team is lincoln city and you're playing some in the playoffs i hope you lose thank you very much thank you very much for listening goodbye